Welcome to Always Andersonville, the podcast. I'm Laura. And I'm Joelle. Today we are joined by Sean Todd, owner of Unicorn Life, the creative agency. Unicorn Life offers services related to branding, digital design development, and marketing, as well as print design. Sean is a firm believer that your mind should not be confined to an ideal set by the world around you. If your mind can imagine it, Unicorn Life can achieve it. Welcome, Sean. How are you today? Uh, hi, welcome. Uh, uh, my, oh, I guess welcome myself. I don't know. Um, I'm doing great. Um, it's sunny in Chicago. It's so, like any day that it's sunny, even when you walk outside and it's like freezing cold, you're like, okay, at least it's sunny and that's okay. So yeah, everything's better. Everything's better with the sun. Absolutely. Uh, I definitely welcome it. And the cold dip we had yesterday was bizarre. And I don't think anybody was a fan, but I think we're out of it again hopefully tomorrow. So Let's yeah, that's and, wonderful. and thrust and thrust into like almost shorts weather. So yeah, <laughs> so excited for shorts weather. <laughs> so we always like to start with uh, you telling us a little bit about yourself and your background. Um, awesome. Well, again, my name is Sean. Um, I'm originally from South Georgia. Um, so here and there, you'll hear like a little Southern accent pop in and out. Um, if you're wondering, uh, that's where it's from. Um, I, uh, went to college at Georgia Southern University. Um, that's kind of where, like, I always start my story off. Um, cause like the, the first part of my story is, eh, you know, it's, it's fun, but, um, that's just kind of where I like jumped off and really kind of hit the ground running in my career and, um, and just the things where I've been. Um, but yeah, I come from a little small town, um, small family. Um, and somehow across like all this craziness of almost 34 years of life, um, I ended up in Chicago. Um, and obviously with COVID, <laughs> there's a bunch of stuff we'll get into in the interview and in the podcast, but, uh, that's just a little bit, I guess, briefly about me. And what did you, um, what did you study in college? Uh, oh, so in college, <laughs> well, I studied a myriad of things. Um, I was one of those people that I started off, uh, I think it was in computer science and then a year later went to IT and then a year later, um, or it was like two years later, went into design. Um, I was walking around campus one day and I came across this like beautiful building. I was like, what is this building? It's beautiful. And I walked in, it was the art department. And I was like, this is what I've been looking for. Um, Cause I wanted to be a designer. I just didn't know like what it was called. Um, and so that's kind of how I found out what design was. Um, so my degree is actually a fine arts degree. So it encompasses, um, drawing, painting. Um, one of my favorite classes was, uh, sculpture. Uh, so pottery and throwing pottery, um, also a welder so I can weld and do all kind of woodwork and that kind of thing, um, along with designing. So that's how I started out with were you were you a creative child? Did you did you do a lot of art projects or or you know what kind of drew you to design when you um, happened upon this building? I actually wasn't. That's the funny thing. Um, my cousin, who was like a brother to me, um, he was actually the more creative person uh, in our family, and I always had this like 
not vendetta, but like, I was like, I want to be like him. Like, I want to, I, I want to have that creative, like, bone in my body. But something that, like, we did do as kids, um, and, like, it, I guess it's, it's, we were always outside. And so, kind of fun memories is, like, being outside in my grandparents' backyard. Um, my grandfather was a collector of all kind of random and weird things. And so we would always just kind of go into the backyard and play and uh, kind of create our own narrative and create our own stories and climb the trees. And um, we, we kind of started, uh, like, that's where my creativity kind of started and where I really kind of, like, launched into, like, there was something different about me and uh, um, there's two folds to that part of it was like um, my creativity and the things that I was learning um, as someone who um, didn't really have a lot of inspiration as a child uh, um, from like creativity wise. Um, but uh, yeah, that's kind of where it all started. It was like in the backyard of my grandparents' house, like, you know, ro roaming through like the random uh, washers and dryers and cars and just weird stuff in the backyard. That's very cool. <laughs> yeah, I got a lot of my, my aunt was, you know, she kind of, she wasn't an artist, she was a substitute teacher, but she dabbled a lot in art. And then my, my grandmother was a huge hoarder. So uh, I sort of appreciate all of that. And I was like, oh, maybe let's just save this. I was like, there's a lot I of this, it. let's just save that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what can you tell us about unicorn life? What is it? Where did it come from? How did you come up with this concept for this very cool creative name for your creative agency? Oh, this is a fun one. Um, so right after college, I, uh, I'm just going to kind of do like a little backstory. Um, right after college, I, I had this like epiphany that like, I wanted to move to Atlanta because it was like this big city and uh, you know I, I came from a really small town and um and everyone's like oh my gosh you're moving to the big city you're getting you're getting out of like the hometown small town life and um and as my life progressed like I, I see the same thing happening um where I just make these big bold choices and these moves um and so I went from this small little town to Atlanta and then I was there for about five years and then I decided one morning I woke up, it was a Monday morning. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to move to California and I'm going to like move to San Francisco. And I had just started working with like a small company out there. And it's like, you know what? It just feels right. So I'm going to do it. That next Monday, like everything in my entire like car was packed up. Uh, and I ended up moving across uh, the country to San Francisco and, um, had worked for this company uh, for a few years. Um, and then like something just inside of me uh, hit me to move on. Um, and uh, I was sitting in one of my old creative uh, director's apartments one day and we were just like, we were talking through like creative ideas and things that were kind of happening in our lives. And um, I had always wanted to do uh, a clothing line um, and so I wanted to do a clothing line that was inspired by the LGBTQ community. Um, and so I was going to call it Unicorn Life. Um, and the unicorn came from a, uh, a symbol that that creative director had actually designed for me a year or two back um, for like a, a little gift. 
And cause she said I was like a unicorn. Um, and so I took that idea um, and it was gonna be a t-shirt company and then, you know, life happens. I think we're all learning that right now <laughs> that life just happens. And sometimes things get put on the back burner for a different reason. Um, and several years later, um, I ended up uh, as a soul cycle instructor plus a designer for another company. And then COVID happened and I was like, well, what am I gonna do? I don't have a job. <laughs> and so Unicorn Life just like came back to life. Um, I had been doing a little bit of freelance work and uh, I was like, you know what? I just, I feel it in my bones. I'm gonna make another big leap of faith. Um, and I started my own agency and called it Unicorn Life. And uh, it's been, you know, it wasn't a dream of mine. I actually had said um, a few years prior that I didn't want to own my own agency and I didn't want to do my own thing. Um, and I just found myself doing it and just wanting and needing uh, something in my life to like bring me back to life and, and make me happy. And so far, um, it's been one of the best decisions that I've made. That's amazing. Um, I'm curious, how was the the transition for you from a small town in Georgia, Atlanta to San Francisco? Like, what was that like? Was it just so crazy? I'm sure you have a whole podcast worth of stories I'm, just I'm, from that I'm sure the laughing. I'm sure the laughing right now is kind of a hint to that. Oh my gosh, such a different culture, such a different culture. Um, I, I had a big culture shock. It was a really big thing for me. Um, but it was also one of those eye-opening experiences. Um, and, I, and I share about this um, in my classes as well. Um, I'm in recovery and I've been in recovery for a little over four years. Um, and when I moved to California, I had this like idea that, you know, things were going to be a certain way and it was just going to be so much easier. And, um, I moved to California and I found out that like, one, it's really expensive. Um, <laughs> but two, that like, um, I was gonna find something in California that would forever change my life. Um, and that would give me the ground to stand on, to be an entrepreneur, to be um, a, a coach, to be somebody that um, gets to uplift people, not only through my designs, but through physical fitness, um, and just through my life experiences. Um, so it was a culture shock in that, like, I'm a small town guy, and I'm not used to like, the hippy dippy life. And so I got used to that. Um, but like, I just, there was a lot of different interactions that I had with people um, that started my life into recovery and that really gave me a ground to like move forward in my life and to like be able to build stuff um, and to co-create with people. Um, so I think that's one of the biggest things that California taught me was that like I can't do it by myself, um, both in my business and in my life. Um, and when I talk and I meet with other um, clients, like I don't expect them to do the same thing. Um, it's always about co-creating um, it's always about a one-on-one -on -one reaction and um, action with each other uh, that builds kind of my business and builds uh, what I'm creating with other people. So, How many people do you currently have on your team right now working with you as freelancers for Unicorn Life or 
how does that all work when you're bidding on a new job or taking on a new project? Oh, I love it. I love this question. Um, and I love the wording that you used because um, I've learned a lot in the past year about some of the wording that you used and, and how I work in my own business. Um, currently, it's just me. Um, in terms of like how many people are employed underneath Unicorn Life LLC, it's me. Um, but again, um, my entire business model and the way that I work is around co-creating with people. Um, so like literally off to my left, um, there's also another agency that's inside um, our um, office. It's called MCPR, uh, since we're Michael Corrigan PR, um, little shout out. Um, and so like, that's kind of been what my life has been as a design agency is like, I love to co-create also with other people um, that are in my arena. And so uh, I have people here in Chicago. I have people in San Francisco. I have a girl in Tulum, Mexico, um, who I get to like work with. I have people in Washington, DC. Um, so I have this network of people that like I've created um, that when I get in a bind and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like in over my head, <laughs> I can call on and say, hey, you know, this is your expertise. Um, help me out um, and I'll help you out. Uh, so it's kind of like a, a co-creation between um, different departments as well. So I, 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 it's one of the coolest things. Um, and what you said about bidding, um, I've learned that I don't bid on jobs. I, I like I did the one, I've done one RFP. And the thing is that like, the way that people have come into my life and into my culture and into the culture that I'm creating is that like word of mouth um, and just like having that one-on-one -on -one personal connection um, when I'm kind of meeting firsthand has been, is like the number one thing with me that like I, I find um, that's different than most uh, creative agencies um, because it's, it all starts with just a conversation. Um, whether you work with me or not, um, I, I always want to have a first initial conversation and reaction to how we're going to work together. Um, because I found that, like, as a business owner, I also have an opportunity to either say yes or no, um, whether we work together or not. Um, and that's something that, like, I find in my own heart that, like, has helped me survive and thrive um, in, the, in the years I've been doing this. I'm a total, like, when I have to pick, like, a doctor or any, like, really any anybody, I have to look at their face. So I have to, like, find their face. And I, I and I have to sit with their face for a moment and be like, do you, do I, are you nice? Like, are you a nice person? Are you, it's do you look, do you look trustworthy? Like, are we going to be able to, like, get along, you know? So, and I'm like, nope. They don't have a good face. So I like, don't even yeah, look at the rest of it. Well, that's the big, so this is one of the biggest like things that I've learned in all of my work and all of my time as being like an entrepreneur and a business owner is like the power of saying no. Um, and I feel like as, as small businesses and as new businesses, one of the biggest uh, little quandaries that we get ourselves in is always saying yes um, because we want the money or need the money um, instead of instead of saying no or, or really seeking out the things that really fulfill us in our lives and make make our jobs and make our life more enriched, we just settle for 
well, this project is a lot of money and I really need it right now, but I'm, I'm going to like drive myself crazy and I'm going to have a lot of depression from it. Um, I'd rather say no. And I'd rather do something that like is going to uplift my own agency, uplift me and also uplift the people that I'm working with. Cause if I'm not uplifting you as a person, as a business, um, then I'm not doing my job and, and I want to do, and I always want to do my job the best that I can. And that's, and that starts with that is that human connection. Absolutely. I feel like jobs and all of this should come with side effects like medications. <laughs> like, I am 100% just, just list them out for us. Like, what am I getting myself into? So I hear that. Um, I'm curious to know, kind of before we move on to our other questions, um, when you were doing the freelance work before, was that very similar to what Unicorn Life does currently, or how did you go about establishing um, your list of services? Um, yes and no. Yes and no. Um, when I first started doing freelance work, um, I was more of a print designer. Um, that's kind of like my my background. Um, when we when we talk about like my actual like background as a designer is all in print. But we all know that like. Print is a is a like a dying breed of uh, design, um, and it's kind of like it's funny because it fits into my name also, like Unicorn Life. Um, one of the reasons why I chose Unicorn Life is because um, the type of design that I do to find somebody that is a print designer, that is a digital designer, that does UX UI, um, that also codes websites um, and styles websites. Um, that, that does uh, like all these um, basically encapsulates like everything that you can think about in design um, to find that kind of designer nowadays is really hard. Um, and I, and I, and I feel lucky that I got caught in a generation where like we were literally in the middle of switching from like hardcore print designers to hardcore digital designers and I got stuck in the middle and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm in the middle of these two amazing things. So I get to marry them now into my own business. Um, so when I first started out, a lot of my work was centered around branding and logo design. Um, and it was more print stuff. Um, and now um, I still do branding and I still do logo design and I still do print material um, because it's, it, it makes me happy. And so I love when clients come in and they're like, oh my gosh, I want to really kind of visualize myself into a logo. It like makes me so happy. Um, but I also like my big thing right now is um, I do a lot of website design um, and a lot of email and digital marketing. Um, so that's kind of where my business has segued. Um, uh, more of the um, website stuff comes from small entrepreneurs and small businesses. Um, and then the digital marketing, um, I have some larger companies uh, that I work with um, that I've just kind of made connections throughout the years. And, and I, one of my big things is that I never burn a bridge. Um, cause you never know when you're in a pickle or something happens like COVID happens and, um, you, you fall back on some of those bridges and you're like, Hey, like I did this work to in the past. Do you need anything done now? And then you end up with like a major client, <laughs> um, and you just kind of, you, you use those networks. Um, so I think I answered that. <laughs> You did. Um, yeah, I imagine there, you know, I, I'm not sure, you know, how many folks contacted you coming kind of during the, 
during the pandemic um, about website design, but I imagine a lot of folks found themselves, you know, in the position of needing a website when they didn't have one before. And, you know, everyone and their and their newfound hobbies that they've cultivated <laughs> during COVID have now launched into their own LLCs. And I've they need websites too. I've got some of them. Yeah. So Sean, I'm curious, are you a resident of Andersonville or what drew you to this neighborhood specifically? How did you find us? Also a really fun question. Um, so I moved to Chicago almost two years ago. Um, and when I first moved here, um, my boyfriend and I had been like dating for a year and a half long distance. And then we decided to, to you know, like move in together and create that connection. And uh, so we lived in Roscoe Village. Um, and one night uh, we were going out with some friends and they brought me uh, to Andersonville to uh, uh, Hawkleaf. And when I got out their car, I was like, what is this place? Because I'm like obsessed and in love with this area. Um, just because it's so like, it's so interesting. There's so many small businesses. There's, it's like so much diversity and so much culture all in one little small place. And so uh, when we were looking to move, um, we actually ended up like right on the border of um, Edgewater and Andersonville. Um, and so we're, we're right smack dab on the border. Um, so I'm literally in Andersonville all the time. So it just, it, it, it drove me to it. And whenever um, I started my business um, as Unicorn Life itself, when I actually got the paperwork done, um, it just happened to be Andersonville. And so I was like, oh my gosh, I need to become part of the chamber. Like, I love this like community so much. Sadly, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this, my office now is not in Andersonville, don't shame me. Um, it's actually right up the street in Uptown, um, but I'm in Andersonville all the time and I absolutely love it, so. I mean, we're all friends, so it's fine. <laughs> you, you, we were talking a little bit before, you know, we, we officially started the podcast and you just recently moved right offices so um where are you located exactly over in uptown uh we are on north broadway um so maybe like a block down from the target um oh sure yeah so it's i forget the address it's like four two four six i think north broadway um but we're in hack uh, hack house uh it's a co-working space and so we're on the top level um in one of the offices here very cool yeah, it's been a it's been a great transition. Again, it's one of those I believe in making big leaps of faith. Um, and as somebody opening their own business, that like fear of oh my gosh, I'm gonna have to like not only pay my own rent at my like house, but pay for an office too. And it was one of those moments where I was like, you know what? The universe has supplied me with so much abundance and happiness, and like I've made big leaps before. And if I fall on my face, it's okay. So I'm just gonna do it. And so I did it and it's been one of the biggest like blessings and best decisions I think I've ever made. Well, I'm curious to, you know, could you walk us through like the, the, from consultation for the initial reach out, they're like, Hey, unicorn life, I need your help. Um, I need a logo. I need a brand. What is, what is that process like? Yeah. Um, so it looks a little different in COVID than it normally would like if we were doing things in person. Um, but it's kind of the same. Um, so when I get to receive an email or sometimes I get text messages from friends saying, hey, I'm sending you so-and-so, um, I always start with just a conversation. 
Um, so I have some, I have you schedule time um, on my calendar and then uh, we just have a 30, 45 minute conversation about what you're looking for, um, why you believe you need a website, why you believe in branding, whatever it is that you feel like you need. Um, and then I take that conversation um, and I, I kind of break down what I feel like um, your business could use. And so we kind of go over that and we have that conversation. And then from that conversation, um, we got, we get kind of into the more business nitty gritty of creating contracts and proposals and um, really outlining uh, um, everything that I'm going to deliver and that we're going to co-create together. Um, and so then from, from that phase, we go into um, more of the actual design and creation phase. Um, so this is where it kind of it depends on if you're having print design or if you're doing website design um, development, um, how the process goes. Um, so with print, it's a little bit more back and forth. Um, and uh, I, I design, I send to you, um, we do a consultation over the phone or over Zoom, and I kind of share the screen and we go through like the things that you love and the things that you don't like and what you feel like you want to see more of or less of. Um, and it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a feedback, uh, a few feedback rounds. Um, and the same thing goes with web. Like I create, um, I use Squarespace mainly for my small business um, entrepreneur websites um, because it's more uh, mobile friendly and it's easier for uh, entrepreneurs and new businesses to actually go in themselves into the back end and change uh, copy or images without having to like pay me every time they want to do something. Um, so I find that that's been a really helpful tool for, for new businesses whenever, you know, they may be strapped for cash and don't have that really readily handable. Um, so from that little moment, um, we kind of go into the final rounds and it's um, putting everything together and, and then launching it. Um, so it's really from, from having that initial conversation to conceptualizing what we're going to do to launching um, the final product. Uh, and then from that space, we kind of discuss going forward, like how we're going to interact and co-create together on upkeep on the website or branding or whatever it is. And you have, have you ever had a client or someone come to you with an idea that just kind of blew you away or really surprised you? And can you tell us about it? If you have one off or, the top of your or head? Or if you have dirt and you didn't like the idea and you were like, Yeah, how did no. you put it in to make it more magical? Well, I've had some of those, but I'm glad y'all, like, so this is one of my favorite stories to tell. Um, so this wasn't actually Unicorn Live. This was, uh, this was back in the day whenever I was a designer. Um, I just feel like this is a fun one to tell and people love this story. Um, so I was working with a semi-famous photographer um, and uh, she came to me one day and uh, she was like, okay, so I started doing this new lighting technique um, and I have a show coming up and I'm going to present this new lighting technique that I've been working on. Um, but there's a catch and any designer that you come to and you say, but there's a catch, like we immediately know that something's about to go down. <laughs> um, and to keep this little PG, uh, she said, um, I'm going to give you chicken poop and I need you to make chicken salad. 
Um, and so now anytime a client comes to me, I always tell them like when they're afraid of something, I'm like, let me tell you the story about the chicken coop and chicken salad. And so uh, I basically took these images that were, you know, in theory, uh, conceptualized great, but not quite in uh, uh, the realm of beautiful and uh, spent many, 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 many weeks uh, editing and putting stuff together. Um, and uh, it came out like the day of the show and she was selling images at like $5,000, $12,000. And I was like, go chicken salad. <laughs> so there's always, so like it, when people come to me with ideas and they're like, this is crazy, but I'm like, okay. Let, let's go for it. Let's try it. And, you know, sometimes you have like a banger, you have it, like it just hits and sometimes it falls flat on your face, but like you, you never know until you try. So there you go. Chicken salad. Every time you yeah, eat chicken salad, say, you and, think about that. Yeah. I was going to say, you're so funny too. Um, we haven't had too many people swear a ton on this, but I was, I was, I was like, Sean's so polite, not saying, you know, chicken S since <laughs> chicken poop. Anyway, we appreciate that. Thank you. Um, but it would have been fine too. <laughs> um, so that's awesome. I mean, that's, that's definitely a, a great story and sort of a great elevator pitch when you're pitching your company too, I would imagine, uh, just yeah. to give people a little, uh, color in, in, um, depth into your background. So I know Laura already covered, um, sort of how you do normal consultations, but is there a favorite, is that your favorite project too? Or do you have a different one that you'd like to share with us? Oh, I do actually. Um, and this is like, this is a new one that I just did. Um, and shout out to my girl, Katie. Um, so uh, um, not only am I a designer and own my own company, but um, as alluded to before, um, I'm also a soul cycle instructor here in Chicago. Um, for those of you who don't know, uh, SoulCycle is an indoor cycling um, company um, where we ride to the beat of the music. Um, and so uh, this past year, obviously with COVID, the fitness industry really just got hit hard. Um, and uh, a lot of us like in, in, our, in our fitness uh, jobs got furloughed um, or were fired, not fired, but like let go because companies just couldn't afford to, you know, keep people on uh, salary and on, on pay with everything that was happening. Um, and so what we saw a lot of was this influx of Zoom and online and Instagram workouts. And I'm sure we've all done our fair share of them. Um, I tried like one or two times and I was like, okay, this is not for me. I'm just going to fall back on my design work. Um, but I, I had one of my really good friends, um, her name's Katie, and she was also an instructor at SoulCycle. She was in my uh, training group. Um, and she had the same thing happen um, and she had to make money somehow. And so she started offering, um, she left Soul and started offering her own thing. Well, she came to me one day and she was like, I'm gonna start doing this, but like, I wanna do it right. And I wanna do it um, in a way that makes me feel happy and the way that like, will uplift me and in, in my fitness journey. Um, and so we sat down, we had that initial conversation um, and we started literally from the beginning. So there was no name, there was no like nothing. Um, and so 
but we started and we went through several name changes and then like got to the very end like oh my god i had an epiphany and so it, it became studio one cycle um and uh, so we we've literally in the past few months have been building her brand um doing all kind of uh, print design work for her to be able to build her business um we've done her brand new website she uh, the really cool part of this was like I also got to work with MindBody. Um, so if you're not familiar, MindBody is a fitness app. Um, so integrating different apps into her website um, for uh, data collection, for marketing, um, for being able to set up rides online. Um, and so I like we got to really kind of work together and doing a photo shoot and editing her images and getting everything set up online. Um, it was just a really cool experience to be able to like work in both of your like dynamics um of being a fitness instructor plus a designer and then get to do it for family um it was just a really cool project and uh if you haven't she does amazing classes she's an amazing instructor at studio1cycle.com that's awesome do you need to have your own kind of bike here to do her like in your home or how does that work yeah, so um, she's based out of Maine, um, and if you do have your own bike at home, great. If not, I've also found that, like, in any of those classes, I can just, like, dance around and get the same <laughs> kind of reaction uh, or get like grab some weights or strength bands or, um, or, or something. And, and just, like, the biggest thing in cycling is we kind of let the music just move us. And so whether that's on a bike or whether that's with weights or whether that's with strength bands, whatever it is, um, we just find something to move with and just kind of be inspired. I was just going to jump in and say, we have a bike, a very popular competitor stationary home bike that I don't have to mention the name of here, but I could see you turning it on to like a scenic setting. Right. And then pulling up, her class <laughs> and, and, and you can do that there there are there are ways to do that um and yeah like she's literally like i've taken her I've, I've taken her classes before um and just the amount of inspiration in her own life and just when she shares about it like i i i'm getting chill bumps talking about it because we've just we've shared a lot of our journey together and we've been there for each other a lot and um yeah, it's just, it's, it's an amazing experience when you get to work with people um, that you call family and people that really just kind of inspire you to do work. Um, it's just, it's something that like, uh, you don't have the words to really explain. And do you have, you know, do you have a signature style with your websites? Um, or, you know, how do you go about making sure that they're kind of unique to that business, you know, and not, you know, following this sort of template? Um, we had, I'm only asking because we recently kind of met with a, another platform design company and they wanted to build websites for businesses, but everything looked the same, you know? And I was like, well, this isn't, this isn't fun. Like, right? yeah, I was like, where's the, where's, you know, where's the story of the business? You know, all I see is, you know, the same kind of plug, I'm going to plug in a photo here and some words here, and then there's your website. Yeah. So, um, my websites are all, so I, I use Squarespace. So if you want to talk about like a template, like I use Squarespace. Um, but the thing that like, uh, that sets me apart from other people is that like my main goal um, is to tell a story and it's to tell your story. Um, and so I use the features that are available. Plus I have other like plugins that I can use. 
Um, but my main goal is to tell your story. So um, each website's going to look different. Um, some people, like I have somebody that I'm working with right now, like I love images right up front and I love like big flashy things like that's just the gay in me like <laughs> the bigger the I literally had like if you go to my website it's purple and pink everywhere and somebody told me one day they're like your style is drag queen like that's your style of design for yourself and I was like yes but there are people that like that doesn't work for them and so like I, I have websites that have very minimalistic design and it's more about um, the story through words and it's more like a different experience. So each of my websites are different in, in the fact that like, you'll never, I, I, I don't necessarily um, use the same images. I don't use the same style for everybody. Um, there are some things that um, in marketing and what I've learned over experience um, that I do recommend across most websites um but each website's different and it has its own journey um and i think that like one thing that i always tell people too when they're starting to build a website is they're so um so wrapped up in the end product um but i say i always tell people like building a website's like having a kid and then like the moms are like no it's not i'm like but it is um <laughs> as i'm sure Joel's like Okay, I'm ready, I'm ready to hear this. Um, when you start out having a kid, like you start out with this beautiful little thing and you have to feed it and nourish it to grow um, and to be able to walk on its own. And then you have to, as time continues, as time grows and as your, your little human grows, like they get bigger, needs change. Um, same thing with the website. Like you start out with something small and then as your needs of a business grow, your website grows. Maybe it gets bigger. Maybe it gets smaller. Um, maybe Sometimes it gets hacked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so yeah. like, it, it's, it's one of those things that like, um, you just kind of go with the flow. I always tell, I, I've worked in companies where they put small companies in big websites that just don't fit. And, and I don't believe in that. Like, I'm never going to put somebody in something that I don't believe will fit them. And I'm not going to charge somebody for something that, I believe it's just going to make me a buck and, and, and move them aside. Like, that's just not how I do business. Well, on your website, um, you mentioned that you believe in magic and a little thing called love. How does magic motivate you? Oh my God. My life is like complete magic. I always tell people like if my life could be made into a Hallmark movie, it would be one of those sappy romantic oh my God, did that really just happen? Like horror movies all like, like wrapped up in one. Um, the magic in my life is that like, um, I just believe big and I dream big and uh, I make big decisions and big moves. Um, and like, I just, I, I found that it's a lot easier to love people than to, um, than to put hate and to put like sadness into the world. Um, it's a lot easier just to just to love. Um, and so a lot of the the things that I've learned in my life, I, I put into my business and I put into the storytelling. Like that's a huge part of my creative process is telling people's stories and like igniting their own magic into their websites and how they interact with people. Um, so I, I think that like, everything happens for a reason. Um, and that specific line um, is more geared towards, um, 
one of the biggest reasons why my dreams have all come true um, is my partner, um, Brian, who I moved here for. Um, Like, there aren't words to be able to say it, but like, the man has literally seen me from my darkest days and he's seen me rise like a phoenix and a unicorn into some of the best times of my life. Um, and it's it's a magic and it's a spark that when it happens, you know it happens. And like, it's happened in our relationship. It's happened in my business. It's happened in other cities that I've visited. Like, I just, I when I know something is real, I, I latch onto it and I trust it. And uh, that's just like the magic of things. That's so beautiful. Yeah, I was going to say, you'd be a really great preview. Like, we should just clip that as a preview for Always Andersonville, the podcast, Feel the Magic. It's true. Or something. Feel the I, I want to know who you have playing you in your Hallmark movie and who is your partner. Can, oh you, cast, can you cast your Hallmark movie? I, I honestly, like, I don't know. Like, I've never been asked that before. <laughs> as many times as I've said it, nobody's ever, you know what? Um, oh, I don't know his name, but he, uh, oh, he played in a movie where he, uh, it was a movie about the transgender community and he was married to this woman and then he came out as transgender and I can't remember the name of the movie. Oh gosh. I'm really, I'm really horrible at this. I'm really horrible okay. at movies. Um, well, I'll have but, to think about that. that oh my gosh, familiar. I remember saying, but he's just like, the way he just, the way he just like involves himself so much into like the movie itself and just like the character and just like, I would that, that would be me. Um, my partner, Oh my God, I don't even know. The man's crazy, I love him. Um, he currently is rocking like the big like 80s dad mustache with the mullet and it's blonde with brown roots and just like, I don't know. Anyway, um, <laughs> he's probably gonna watch this and be like, oh my God. Um, so I don't know who would play him, but he's just very charismatic. I love yeah. him. What is one piece of advice you would give to aspiring designers or those kind of looking to, you know, maybe someone like you who didn't know and then knew, um, what's your advice for those folks just kind of starting out? Um... So I was having tea last night. <laughs> Every night, like before we go to bed, we have tea. Set, set the um, stage. What kind? Like you got a, like, do you have a tea mug? We have tea mugs here. Okay. Okay. I'll let you go. Um, I, I also, I, I have the big ones that says good vibes. Um, so there's a, so it's a Yogi brand and it's ginger. It's my favorite. Um, and on each of the little tabs, there's a saying. Um, and last night I was just like, oh my God, this is my life. This is like, if I could tell a designer one thing, and this is actually, this goes for anybody. The only thing that can limit you is believing that you are limited, become limitless. There are chill bumps on my arm. Um, don't set boundaries for yourself. Don't, don't set yourself into a box of saying, this is who I'm gonna be. 
at this moment because I can guarantee you that box is going to shift and it's going to change and you're going to grow and you're going to find things that like inspire you in places that you never would have thought. And you're going to one day wake up and you're going to be sitting in your own office with your own company and, and being on a podcast with someone and think, where the heck did this come from? And, and it's that, it's that feeling of like the moment you let down the limits, the moment you step out of the box and you just say, okay, life, whatever you throw at me, I'm going to at least try. And I'm just going to put my best foot forward. And if it happens, great. If it doesn't, that's also great. Um, but just, just having no limits on where design will take you, where life will take you. Um, that's kind of the biggest like thing that in my own life as a designer has like lifted me so many times is like, I've got to that point where I put myself in a box. And I'm like, I'm only going to do this. And then I end up like limiting myself and I find myself like burn out. And then I'm like, okay, well maybe if I just opened up to a little bit more and something a little bit different, um, I can find happiness again. And every time, I find happiness. Like the reason that unicorn life exists today is because two years ago I left the creative field and I said, I'm done designing. I can't design anymore. And I became a soul cycle instructor and I found my voice again and I found something that lifted me up and then COVID happened. And I was like, you know what? I have a ground to stand on. I know who I am as a designer and I want to go back to it. And I, and I already had everything laid out right there in front of me. And because I took that leap of faith and I, decided to be limitless it worked it's so interesting because you know we've had a couple other people on the podcast during this time as well who've launched their businesses during covid you know and so it's just going to be interesting to see you know the perspective shift as we kind of come out of this you know and i'm looking forward to um to the the you know design in all realms kind of what what comes out of of this kind of, you know, maybe for some folks, it's been intense hibernation or, you know, like a, a swirling struggle, you know? And so like they're, you know, in the next kind of like the fallout or kind of growth from this, you know, what is it going to bring in the, in the next like three to five years, you know, that is kind of stemmed from this kind of global experience for us all. So it's yeah. uh it's it's been a difficult time, but it's been a kind of a, a time for reflection and, and learning across the board. So yeah, I, I and I 100 percent agree with that. Like it's been something that like there are things that have happened in my life um in the past year that like one, I feel very I feel very lucky and I feel very like like I have to humble myself every day because there are certain things in my life that have happened that um, because of who I am, because of the color of my skin, because of like where I am in life that have just happened more easily than others. And so there are days where um, I just have to remember to humble myself and to help people as much as I can and to give the, the things that I have and the abundance that I have to be able to give it away to other people and help other people in communities that like, like, I, 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 I understand and I get it and I like just try and be as helpful and as like outspoken and as I don't know like I, I, I want to be able to give so much to so many people at one time and I'm only one person 
Um, so as much as I can, I, I, I try to, I try to like come with myself in that, in that arena and where, where life takes us in 2021, 2022, who knows, but I know one thing that I'm going to do the things that I love to do. And I'm going to help the people that want to get helped and that want to grow their business and want to like do something better for themselves. Um, and I'm going to do it in a way that's going to help them grow. Um, whether it's like in the financial department, like this past year, I've done a lot of pro bono work. I've done a lot of free work for people because it's COVID and like, who has like $5,000 to spend on a website? Nobody. If you're starting out of a business, nobody does. So it's how do I, how do I leverage my bigger clients to be able to help my smaller clients grow and to be big business and to like feed their families from their work. Like I don't want to take the money from them to be able to do that. Um, and so I don't, and I'm like, I just, I, I, I want to help as many people as possible. That you saying that sort of reminds us we have, I don't know if you're familiar with the store scout the antique scores store scout, oh. right? Oh so God. Larry, yeah, yeah, Larry, the owner, um, you know, his biggest philosophy, you know, was to surround himself with other antique stores and other furniture stores, right? Like he didn't want to be the only one because like if they're, if he creates a culture of, of antique shopping, right? Like that it'll draw, you know, what's good for, what's good for him will, you know, be good for our, everyone then. So it's sort of is akin to that where you're like, you don't want to be the only person with like the biggest, best website, biggest, best company out there. Like, cause you need what you're talking about with the partnerships and collaboration and all of that is like, we all sort of feed off of each other. So if we're all kind of, if, if the playing field is more level, then we're able to kind of collaborate in that, that way. It just creates a, that much more of a, a kind of a beautiful, cohesive working experience. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and there, there have been like one thing that I, I, worked with some people in the past um, where I did do kind of lower end like um, pricing is that like a lot of the times what people don't understand is that when I do websites and when I design something beautiful for, you, beautiful for you, like I'm getting a lot back because I'm also using that as like my own branding and like this is what I can create for people, right? And so um, you actually hit the nail on the head because I'm an antique freak. Like my partner and I <laughs> antique so much. And the many times that I've walked by Scout and I was like, just take my credit card, please. <laughs> Cause it's just so beautiful. And there's just so, so much. Like, beautiful. One, of the, one of the one things I love about Andersonville is all the antique shopping. Like we literally just like on weekends, we'll like walk down the street and we'll go to like Howard Brown or like we walked into Kasana Homes the other day and we're like, we wanted to buy it. We wanted to buy a bed. And so we're looking at all these different, like just local businesses that we can help support um, and also make our home beautiful. Like, you know, like we, we, that's something that's also big in our lives is just supporting each other. Um, and, and, you know, I'm a, also a local business. So like <laughs> when people need stuff, like I'm there to support them and like, I do it without like, without wanting in return, but just doing it out of the goodness of your heart. Something that I've learned over the past, like my lifetime is that if you do something and you do it out of the goodness of your heart with no intention of receiving back, you will generally, generally receive more than you gave. Um, and that's something that I've just found true in, in everything that I've done. Like the more I give, 
like unapologetically and just out of my heart, the more I receive in return. And my life is just grand. It's beautiful. Like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain that. <laughs> I mean, I think that that's, that's, um, you know, just a, a wonderful philosophy to have, uh, in life in general and, and you're making the world better. So we appreciate you. Um, I'm chomping at the bet because I've been wanting to, I've been having to hold off asking this question this entire podcast because I had to wait till we got to rapid fire. Yeah, so, we didn't give Sean a heads up about rapid fire. I didn't I know. Yeah. We, I didn't know about have, rapid fire. So you said rapid fire and I was like, what's rapid fire? Rapid yeah. fire, we, it's supposed to be a surprise because you're not supposed to be able to like, this is like, you're, you have to just tell us, you know, right off, off the tip of your tongue. All right, but, but the first question is, what soul cycle class is your favorite to teach? And I want to know, I'm going to, I'm going to rephrase this a little bit. What was your music? Like, did you do like a Britney day or like, what was, what did you have? So I'm glad you asked this question because yesterday, like I was feeling so bummed and there was just a lot of stuff that happened in my day. Um, and because I'm not teaching right now, like I don't write as much, but I got home and I was like, oh my God, I know what I want to do. And I know what's going to inspire me to like have a better night. Um, so I went into my office, my home office, and I brought my bike out and I set it all up. And um, a year and a half ago, I did this ride at Southport and it was Fleetwood Mac versus Stevie Nicks. And uh, I turned the room like I, we have these like gels that turn the lights colors. And so I turned everything blue and I had all those like signature wraps everywhere. And it was just a total like Stevie moment. And I did that last night <laughs> and it's literally one of my favorite, like it's just moody music that just makes you feel good. And that's like my signature is like just moody music that makes you feel good. But I'm also a big Taylor fan. And so Taylor Swift Tuesdays are also just my jam. Like we were joking earlier, um, my colleague and I were joking that like it's Friday, but it's Taylor Swift Friday. <laughs> so it's just like Taylor Swift all day long. <laughs> you said, this is a recall from a past episode. Like when you don't know what to listen to, Taylor's great. She's yeah. the great. Taylor's like, great. I don't know what to listen to. Let's just put on Taylor. I think yeah. I had Taylor um, Swift on for three hours in the office like two weekends ago. <laughs> Well, and yeah. And what do you, what are your thoughts, Sean, on, on her latest albums that have come out during COVID? Uh, so uh, I love it. And like, I love it in a different way um, because it's not stuff that I would generally ride to. So in the terms of like soul cycle, like it's that, it's that like stretch moment, but like for me, her her latest music is more like meditation for me and like it's just music that I love to just sit listen and reflect and drink tea or coffee like it's that kind of music and I love it like I, I think that like out of all of her albums so far I'm not saying it's the best but I'm saying that like in terms of like moving my heartstrings like with Bon Iver like there is nothing better than to turn Exile. and Taylor Swift up in this Soul Cycle class and just have their voices melt you. Um, I will also say this last thing about Taylor. Um, I was not a Taylor fan. And the reason I was not a Taylor fan is because she sang with Stevie Nicks and she butchered it. Like, absolutely. I was like, 
how can you butcher something with Stevie Nicks? Like, just no. So I didn't listen to her for a long time. Um, and then I took, um, so if you, if you go to Soul Cycle, you know Lauren uh, Kane, uh, LK. Uh, I took a LK uh, Taylor Swift Tuesday. And then I watched the Netflix special. So good. Oh my God. Like having just ridden the ride and then watching that, I was like so moved by like just the sheer like craziness that had happened in her life and like all the people that just like brought her down and just like pushed her down and still she rose to the top. And I was like, you're partly my spirit animal and I love you. <laughs> so Taylor Swift is a big thing in our office. Yes, I think I'm not in front of it, but I believe one of our rapid fire questions was, what is your favorite element of your newly redesigned office? It's this fabulous chair. <laughs> I know, I was gonna talk about that. I was gonna talk about that. So yeah, tell us about the chair. Oh yeah, you have to send a picture of the chair for the notes, by the way, because everyone is not gonna have the pleasure of seeing it like we do. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna take a picture with it, don't worry. Um, so I had been like bugging and begging my boyfriend to get a, like, obviously I love SoulCycle um, and I love yellow. So it's like, I want a mustard yellow chair. Like I had been begging and begging and begging. Like every time I saw one, I was like, oh my God, oh my God. So when I, when I made the move into the office, we went furniture shopping one day and I was like, I don't know what to put in it. Like I, I'm one of those people like, as a designer, designing for yourself is the hardest thing you ever do. Um, just like in a business, like creating your stuff for yourself is the hardest thing you'll ever do. And so we were walking in Macy's, which is also like the best place to find furniture. Um, shout out to Macy's. We were walking to Macy's and there was this like sea of like gray furniture. And like in the middle was this shining mustard yellow chair. And I was like, I have to have it. I don't care how much it is. I have to have it. <laughs> And so I walked over and it was the floor model. It was on sale and they gave me a 10% discount. And I was like, sold, put it in the back of the car. We're taking it. It's my every morning, sit down, breathe. Everything's okay chair. And it's the most comfy thing. So that's the story of chair. It's my favorite thing in my office. All right. I'm going to jump to a little bit lower on the list and ask you, who is someone you admire? Or do you have um, someone that has inspired you or, or a mentor in your life? Oh, my gosh. Um, coming off of like Women's History Month and Women's Month, my grandmother and my mother. When you talk about like for my mother, when you talk about a woman who had me at 19, and that like eight months old moved her family to Germany because my dad was in the military and raised a kid in Germany like when you're 19 and and just like giving her dreams up to like raise me and to uh, like accept and love me for who I am and always believing in me and pushing me like to be bigger and better than like what I thought I could be um like she gave up her dream to be a physical therapist um, when I was a kid so that she could like raise me and have a family and like, and, and do, do what she um, needed to do to like help keep us all together. Um, and um, 
when I was in college, my parents divorced and uh, she uh, had this like moment where like she wanted to go back to college, but she was nervous and scared. And um, I was like, do it, like go fulfill your dreams, go do, go do what makes you happy. Um, and so she did, she went back to college and she finished it and she became a physical therapist assistant. Um, and she's been living her dream and living her life. And she's like the happiest, like she's ever been. And just to see her, like her thrive and to like, also be that person that like, literally, I never thought that I was going to college and I never thought that I could graduate college. And so for me to to graduate and then to like be like mom you got this like I am your sole champion like you got this like if I can do it you can do it um so she's just been like a huge inspiration and my grandmother um basically raised me as a kid um and she just always believed in me and um uh she just gave me like all the love and attention um everybody knew that I was the favorite grandchild <laughs> Um, and it's just like my, my last memory of her, um, was on her deathbed. She was in her home, um, and she had been asleep the entire day. She like hadn't opened her eyes for anyone. And I walked in and I held her hand and she opened her eyes. Um, and it was like the first interaction that she had had with our family before she passed away. Um, and it's just the woman went through like a lot of crap in life and to be strong and to love her family and to like, and to be that footing for, for our family and that ground, like every day just keeps me grounded. Um, I'll say this one last thing on this question. Sorry. I know it's like rapid fire. Um, but I also had a middle brother who passed away, um, when I was younger. Um, and, uh, his passing for me, um, people always say that like, um, it's so hard, like, how do you do it? Um, and I always tell people that like, um, I didn't know the reason why in the moment, but I always believe that if we keep pushing forward that one day we'll understand why. Um, and, and that's so true because uh, that little seven week old human being when he passed away, um, he gave so much love and life to my family and showed us how to love in a different way um, that like it shaped who I was going to be as a, as a designer, as a business owner, as someone who just cares deeply for people um, and just someone who wants to see them succeed. Um, yeah. Those are my, my three. Sorry, I got a little yeah, sad it, there. <laughs> no, it, no I, I hear you. I mean, I had a, a very special relationship with my grandmother as well. And um, when she passed away, she passed away when I was about almost two months shy of giving birth to my first child. And I didn't, and I ha had trouble getting pregnant and I wasn't, and I was scared to travel to go see her like being pregnant. So I didn't go see her. And then she had fallen and hit her head. And so I'd flown out um, because she was in, in the hospital, you know, and, um, and wasn't going to come out of her coma. And, but like, I like deeply regretted, you know, I deeply regretted, like, you know, and I felt like so selfish at the time, like for like not traveling to see her and everything like that. But I have such amazing memories of my grandmother just with like, 
crossword puzzles and you know like just just all the random stuff she like you know taught me how to play the lotto and we would go to the racetrack and she would come with like a set amount that she was going to lose and we would just place two dollar bets on the horses for the day on Sundays at Arlington and um but yeah I treasure I treasure those those memories as well with with my grandmother but I mean it's amazing just how how kind of loss feels different, I guess, through different yep. stages of your life. And you don't really understand it, you know, and it sort of reveals itself at different moments and different times, even if the loss was from, you know, 20 years ago, you, you know, you, if it, if it, something will remind you or spark you and, and, um, you know, you re-experience it and it changes you in a whole new way. So yep. I really appreciate your, your response. I was going to say, I appreciate both of your stories. Thank you. Right. I'm just like having all the feels right now. <laughs> we need to like take this somewhere lighter. Um, let's see. We can go to question four, which was, are unicorns your favorite fictional animal? I'm trying, I was trying to think, I was reading this question. I was like, name all the fictional animals, name all the fictional well, animals. So I guess the Phoenix, you kind of already mentioned too. So I don't know. I'm curious for this one too. Also, are um, unicorns really fictional? Because, like, we can still believe. I don't think so. <laughs> Jeremy's got I'm gonna, one riding a van. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. Um, I'm gonna go back to one of my. I'm a. I'm a big Harry Potter nerd, um, <laughs> and so like two of my favorite moments um, in the movie is uh, has both of those characters in it, right? um the unicorn and the phoenix um just like magical mystical um so much beauty but also like something that like when you're on my webpage and the first one of the first things you'll you'll read is um I like to design where beauty meets functionality and so within both the phoenix and the unicorn there's so much beauty but like the magic and the functionality of 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 why they're there um it just it, it's it's the two mixtures like I, and I've never like it's funny that the phoenix is coming up today because I've never like really put that in my category of like oh my god this animal but like it's true it's true because you have something that like like in my own life like I've hit I hit a rock bottom in my life I hit something that like like as as the phoenix like burns to nothing and you hit that rock bottom and then somehow like this new little phoenix is born and then all of a sudden you have this beautiful creature that like just comes to life and I feel like that's been a lot of my life is when I hit that rock bottom I was reborn in a certain way and I I, I rose from a lot of craziness and I just my life is beautiful and I and I get to be very grateful for that um, and I always, like I said before, like I try to find the humility and gratefulness in my life daily. Um, no matter if it's a bad day or a good day, like it's, it's finding the magic in, 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 in that, that like really keeps driving me forward. Well, it's been such a pleasure to have you on. I yes. know, um, Thank you, I, Sean. We, haven't, we haven't met before and I know when we, you know, David will send out his welcome to the Andersonville chamber members emails. And I just remember us being like, what? What the heck is unicorn life? Like <laughs> so, but yeah, but you're an amazing, you're an amazing human and, and it's been it's such a joy to have you on. But um 
in, in kind of closing, where can people uh, find or connect with you? What's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Yeah, awesome. Um, so you can find me online at datunicornlife.com. So it's D-A-T unicornlife.com. Um, you can come uh, or you can give me a phone call. My number is 415-500-1803. You can email me at Sean, which is S-E-A-N at datunicornlife.com. Um, and once COVID and everything is kind of in our backlog, um, my office is always open to, and you can come sit in the comfy yellow chair and we'll just like chit chat. Amazing. <laughs> and for show notes on today's episode, and you'll get a sneak peek at the yellow chair, uh, you can visit andersonville.org. Always Andersonville, the podcast is produced by the Andersonville Chamber of Commerce and currently recorded via Zoom. We thank you for your listenership. And if you like the podcast, please subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting platform. We are also actively looking for podcast sponsors to sustain our production. Please email us at info at for more information. Thank you for your continued support, for staying active in our community, and for staying always Andersonville.